0: As I said earlier, we are beginning a series on the Gospel of John. And one of the reasons is because we've got um, Easter coming up. So it's a good way to remind ourselves of the story and the life and the ministry of our Lord and Savior. And refresh what He has done for us. Um, I think also it's important that we keep... The momentum that actually we are administrators, we're stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So so we've got this mandate that we've been given, and it's it's important that we carry on by refreshing the story and saying, Yes, we want for this good news to be good news for ourselves and for the people God has entrusted us with. But also As we go through the Gospel of John, I want us to be worshipful and to look at the Gospel of John and see what he's trying to say and respond in worship and say, God, it's okay. We'll wait till the windows are shut and then we'll carry on. Great. So, refresh the gospel story, refresh our calling to be good stewards of the gospel, but also. Come to that place that because we've got this revelation of who Jesus is, be worshipful and worship God. Um, the gospel of John is, a, it, I love it. It's, it's, it's the, I love John. I've told you, Peter is my favorite, but John comes next. Uh, John is, uh, I, I love John's take because actually he's one of the, the last living apostles and not only that he has seen the events of Jesus's lives and uh, Jesus's life and ministry but he also has seen the outcome of that and he's kind of looking in retrospect and he's kind of telling that's why it's called the gospel of John the good news of John he's the last dying apostle He's writing with the wisdom of the years, but also he's writing with the perception and the experience that he has seen God's work happening. But also he's writing with this this pastoral heart, because actually after Jesus left this earth and the church started... Uh, the new church, the new, the early church started and stuff. What is left now with this group of people? It's still this nostalgia. They've, the temple is burned down. They, they've got this nostalgia, and he has to, to to give his his final push to say that, guys, this gospel is worth living for. So it's it's at uh, that that really important phase of the church history. When you've got the, the last standing man who's been an eyewitness of what Jesus has done. He's been an eyewitness of the outcome of that gospel. And now he's. this is his, his, his last words to, to the church. And he's going to start in a different way than all the other Gospels have started. John loves, one of the reasons why I like John is because um, he he likes the contrast, talks about life and death, light and darkness. John is very exclusive in the sayings of Jesus. So we've got Seven that the young people and children are doing. I, I'll, I I'll think that there is an eighth one there that is debatable of the I of Jesus. John is the exclusive one who's, who's seen it and says, but Jesus said this. And we need to take in, consider, in consideration what he has said with that. So, so in one sense, John is really giving his last shot for the church to reveal the power and 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 the the love and and everything that Jesus has for this world and he's going to start different so so if matthew is going to start the gospel of matthew with giving very significant importance to the jewish heritage because there is a jewish audience who is receiving this gospel and he's going to start with a long genealogy. John is not, is not interested in that. Matthew has done that. John is going to start the gospel in a different way. And he's going to start the gospel in a way that is totally in accord with what the Old Testament has started. So how does the Genesis start? In the beginning. How does John start his good news of Jesus' life and ministry? In the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So the reason why John is try- trying to, to convey this, you probably see saw it at the first slide. He's the only evangelists, that gives us the reason why he's written the gospel. And we will find that in John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. He says, do you know what? If I was to write down the events that Jesus has done, we would not have enough pages to write those down. But I have selected a few stories with one reason. Can you go back to that slide, first slide, that... These stories that I have selected have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in His name. I can tell you all stories. But these are what God, the Holy Spirit, has inspired me to write down. So you may believe that Jesus is is the Messiah. So John is is quite, as as we've done Revelation last year, um, John is quite pastoral in his approach. And he's, he's really wanting to reach out to people where they are in their journey of faith. So he starts with, in the beginning. And the people know what he's talking about, the audience know that actually they can connect their hearts and their tune, their hearts that actually, there is a story that starts with the beginning, and there is only one. And that's the story when God decided to create. In the beginning, God created heavens and Earth. And John says, but that beginning, it was much more complex, much more wonderful, much more beautiful than that. Because part of that beginning was the word logos. Now, why, why is John using the word logos? Where, where has it come up with this thing? None, none of the other gospels talk about the word. Yes, there's other phrases, but why does John really chooses to start off with word, with the word words, logos? There is other descriptions that he uses in the gospel. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the great I am. I am the door. Why does he choose to say, in the beginning? In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. I think, personally, I believe that it's, it was totally understandable for what was going on in the culture, what was going on in history, what was going on with, with, with all the discussions of the Greek culture and the Roman Empire and stuff like that. So... so John wants to make here a very strong point, not only to draw attention, but to reveal the, 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 the powerfulness of who Jesus is. And he says, if you're looking for wisdom elsewhere, there's a higher place for that. If you're looking for, for, for miracles, yes, there, the miracles other people have caused and have done miracles, but Jesus' miracles are great. So when, when, when John is trying to say here that Jesus was the Word, was the logos, John is trying to say that whatever God said, whatever mas- whatever message God had for the world was put in one person, in Jesus Christ. And both work, the, the deeds, the miracles, and the message matched. There was no conflict. There was no misunderstanding. There was nothing that, that, that opposed the, 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 the outworking of the deeds. So, so basically what John is saying is the same What the writer of Hebrews is saying. That in the past God has spoken to us through the prophets. But now he has chosen to reveal himself to us through his son. End of revelation. John is trying to do the same thing here. That in the beginning was the word and what you're seeing here is that heart of God, the message of God which is materialized in the person of Jesus Christ. And whatever Jesus is saying about the kingdom of God, He's doing it. When Jesus is, is reaching out to the to the poor, he's setting them free. When Jesus is reaching out to the sick, he's healing them. When Jesus is reaching out to, to the people who are deprived from their sin, he's redeeming them, he's saving them in the beginning was the Word. So so it's very important for John to start the beginning of his good news with this picture of Jesus, the Word, in the beginning. So but who is Jesus then for John? Um, can we have the next slide, please? I looked up on Internet about pictures that people have got about Jesus? It's interesting. Just do a Google search. I'll let you look them through. And I dare to ask the question, who is Jesus to you? And this is not just who is Jesus to you artistically, so in the sense of what kind of picture you would draw, but also who is Jesus to you theologically. Because that's what John is trying to address here. That he has been in the gospel, he uses five or six times the phrase that he was the disciple that Jesus loved. He's been next to Jesus throughout the three years of his ministry. He's been there. He's he's seen it all. He's seen his actions. He's seen his death. He's seen his resurrection. Also, we need to remember here that... John was the apostle who Jesus asked from the cross to look after his mother. So, so I think personally, I would take that John has got even a, a, a better understanding of who Jesus is. Because I'm sure he would have asked Mary how Jesus was when he was a little boy. But he wants us to, to, to understand that, that this fresh revelation of who Jesus is, 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 is different than the other gospels. But he's not losing sight, and he's not losing track with what other gospels are trying to reveal. So, who is Jesus to you? He's asking the audience by saying that in the beginning he is the word. And I dare ask the question: Who is Jesus to us? As Cairns wrote, "Who is Jesus to you, as an individual?" Without trying to be very individualistic, because we can all draw a picture of our own Jesus, but then. We've missed the point of John. But who is Jesus? And who was Jesus in the time where where John was living? Who was Jesus for the early church after the Holy Spirit had fallen on them and they'd started to make new disciples all over the world? Who is Jesus is this question that he's going to leave as a legacy for the recipients of the 2019 on the 17th of March here at Cairns Road. He's going to, 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 to share his heart out with us. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made Without him, there was nothing made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. And he's going to talk about the John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. So that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. I cannot read these verses without finding myself being worshipful. John is identifying with the truth here. In the end of his years. In the... In the last shot of to give to the church, do you see his heart of worship here? He has seen it all he's experienced the goodness and what I read in verse thirteen but he 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 starts the, the with a tone of worship. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who receive him, he gave them the power to become children of God. Who is Jesus to John? Can we have the next slide, please? John is not going to waste time here. But in a few words that are actually simple... But they're very loaded, they're very weight, they're very powerful. He's going to talk about the existence of Jesus. He was from the beginning. Before anything else was created, Jesus was there. His existence, everlasting. Of course, he's trying to address also some false teaching in the church. But that's, I don't think that's the point here. I think the point here he's setting the tone that actually Jesus was God. But why does he bring the beginning? Because Jesus' existence in creation has something to say about who we are. Because John is saying, Jesus, being the word from the beginning, has created you. He is part of the creation story. He has created you. He is God. He is the author, part of the 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 the, 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 the triune God. The, the Trinity comes very very clear here. It's very complex. But I, I want to take it a little bit like Paul says that when I was a child, I, I acted like a child, but now that I became a man, and that means that I've come to see Christ face to face. I understand things. And I really love for us as a church to, to take this as as a notion that actually we trust God here. It's not straightforward, the whole doctrine of Trinity. It's very complex, but perhaps it will reveal to us when we see him face to face. At the moment, we have to go with what John says. And John says he was there from the beginning. His existence was everlasting to everlasting. And then it talks about Jesus' identity. And that had to do, or that has to do with the phrase that, the word was with God. Was with God. So Jesus not only was from everlasting to everlasting, but John, John wants to tell, tell us a little bit more. What does it mean? He was with God. And the reason why he came to this world is because he was with God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him may not perish, but have everlasting life. Why is Jesus's identity so important for John to, to say it just in the first verse? Because he's going to talk about this good news. And this good news is not good news unless it's good news that comes. From God and is with God. Because until now we've had 3,000 years of, or 4,000 years or whatever many years you want to say. Of world history. Of people trying to solve things without God in the picture. And everything has got pear shape. It's so important that John says that this word, Jesus, this good news was with God. And had this relationship. So John tells us about the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. But also the relationship that Jesus had with the world. And that's why I've just said there, Jesus' relationships. Do you remember that verse that is quoted? Well, is mentioned in Samuel. And I love, I love praying it over children. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. In favor with God and mankind. And this is the the, the dynamic of Jesus' relationships here that John is is wanting us to, 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 to focus on. This is why it's so good news. Because Jesus is tuned in with God, but also is tuned in with the people. I have come to do the will of my Father, and the will of my Father... Is to redeem the world. The will of my Father is to usher and to bring God's kingdom. The will of my Father is to set people free. The will of my Father is for this good news to be truly good news. And John says... The light shines in the darkness... But the darkness has not understood it. But Jesus is going to be pressing on. Because the relationship dynamic that he's got with his fa- father. Is only going to work out in the re- relationship that he's, gone, he's got with the world. Because he's got a task to do. Yes, John is preparing us that what you're going to read those 20 or so chapters of John. You're going to see that Jesus is going to transform. is going to bring life. is going to resurrect people from the dead. Chapter 11 verse 25. And people still think. Oh he's a blasphemous. Look at John 12. Who is, who is this guy that is able to forgive sin? Of course. The light came into the darkness. And the darkness does not. Recognize it. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. So what is John saying here? Guys. Prepare your hearts. I've really been struck by the whole idea that. Actually, when I ask the question, who is Jesus to you? My tendency, or when I ask it to myself, is to to think of the attributes that are close to my heart that I've seen Jesus work in my life. So, for example, if if you were to ask me uh, the week that... And my mother was unwell and we had to take her to hospital and stuff. And if you were to ask me the question, who is Jesus to you? I would have answered the question that he is the great supplier, the great carer. But also I I was aware that there were other people in the hospital struggling. And I didn't want to be dismissive that in the end of the day, God is sovereign. And he knows what he's doing. But I can treat it because that's where it suits me. Whereas John is trying to say to us that we need to prepare our hearts that our worship of God is not a selective worship. We cannot worship God only for specific attributes that we can reconcile with. And the things that we don't reconcile with, with we, we are dismissive. Because we fall into the trap that actually we consider Jesus to be a good teacher and a good teacher you listen to occasionally but what john is saying here is that jesus is god and the way that you respond to god is devotion and worship last slide please he jesus what john is trying to say here is not just a good teacher that you listen to occasionally but he Is God made flesh, revealed to us, what is your response? If it's not devotion, why not? If it's not worship, why not? If it's not living the life for him, why not? This is the place where God is calling us as Cairns, guys. Where, where he's saying that he has revealed himself to us. And, and our response is not that we just look at the gospel of John and say, Oh, this teaching is good and this, I'm not sure. And I'm not saying that we've done it. But we can fall into the trap of, of creating our own gospel and our own Jesus. Whereas John's saying, no, no. He was the Word and the Word was with God and the good Word was God. What is your response? If it's not devotion, why not? And I want us to start this journey of devotion leading up to Easter. Because I want for myself to get to know Jesus better. I want a fresh revelation of Jesus is through reading the Gospel of John. But I want it for us as a church as well. Because this is what causes us to live our lives for him. And that's what, I'm, that's what the gospel is asking, really, to recognize him, that he is life, that he is light. And our response is, yes, I want that. So when we take communion now, um, I want for us to be thinking of the beautiful verse 12. And this is an invitation, so... Uh, If you're not able, we're going to come and serve the communion to you. But this is an invitation. That we're saying, God, we are receiving your Godship over us. We know the end of the story of the Gospel of John. We know that Jesus had come to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was that he would die gruesomely on a cross. And he would be treated as a criminal. Just because of you and because of me. Because we've said, God, we don't want you, we don't need you in our lives. And Jesus is giving us a second chance here to say, come. I'll lay the table before you in the eyes of your enemies.